0: What up you Bing Bongs? You are listening to the Hardwood Podcast because basketball excites you. I'm your host, Kirk Wilcox, with me all the way from the Windy City in Chicago, Illinois. Ben Levine, what's up, buddy?
1: Not much, Kirk. How are you? Excited for the excited for the season, man.
0: Oh, I'm not really excited. I mean, it's uh shows it's basketball, who cares? it's been a while since we talked we haven't spoke since uh the since kevin durant went to the warriors it's been a while
1: indeed it has been a while but you know uh you know the the break in between the season you know there's not too much to talk about we need to re-energize ourselves as well you know it's hard work doing all this this talking but you know i think uh, a couple you know a week or two before the season is a perfect time to get back into it so you know it's all good
0: Yeah, we got a few preseason games under our belt, which I haven't been able to watch because they keep putting the Pistons games on NBA TV or just not airing them all together. So I have only watched little glimpses of highlights here and there. And uh, I'm going to make three bold predictions today and and say five things I'm looking forward to. One of the bold predictions I want to make, tell me what you think of this, Ben. The Boston Celtics will be the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Now, just I like to, it. Now, just <laughs> to be clear, not saying that they're the best team in the Eastern Conference, not saying that they're going to win the Eastern Conference, just saying that they're going to be the number one seed. In the Eastern Conference, I think Cleveland will have a huge championship hangover, especially if the Indians win the World Series. I mean, Cleveland, the, all the Cleveland teams are just going to have a free pass for the next five years if that happens. <laughs> the next uh, 50 years. <laughs> we've seen some uh, big championship hangovers in our lifetime. Uh, the 99 Bulls, the 05 Pistons, the 07 Heats. Although the Warriors followed up really well last season, probably had the worst championship hangover in NBA history, following up a championship with seventy-three wins. But I think the Celtics are going to have the eye of the tiger this year. I thought before they got Al Horford, they were naturally going to improve to maybe fifty-two wins. You throw Al Horford in and Jalen Brown, and I think uh, that's going to be that's that's at least good for between six and ten wins. They could get to sixty wins. Uh, they're going to have a great defense. Brad Stevens is one of the best coaches in the NBA, and I think, uh, I think the Celtics are going to surprise a lot of people. The Raptors will still be good. They did lose Bismack Biyombo. I think they might regress a little because DeMar DeRozan got paid. Uh, not really sure what to think of the Raptors. But aside from that, the East is very top and bottom heavy with the Celtics, Cavs, and Raptors at the top, and then the Sixers, Nets, and Heat at the bottom. That's another thing. The Celtics play in the, probably the worst division in basketball. They get to play eight games against the Sixers and the Nets. They're practically 8-0 right there. You throw in the Knicks, they'll probably take two to three of those games. You're starting off 10-2, and 11-1 just being in that division by default. So yeah, I think the Celtics are going to be the number 1 seed in the Eastern Conference. What do you think?
1: I like it. I think it's uh, I think it's actually a pretty solid prediction cuz you know, I've been big on Boston like this whole offseason. I think that adding Al Horford was huge for them. I think that Isaiah Thomas doesn't get enough credit as a player in general. Um I think he's a really good leader. You know, he made the All-Star team last year um, because of his stellar performance on the court really. I believe he averaged around 20 points. Uh, last year and uh yep. you know i just think that and i think their defense is undeniable too they're just so disciplined um versatile players all around you know people with people like olinic and um amir johnson and players like that who Jay are just marcus smart too don't
0: forget marcus smart's gonna get better he's gonna become a better defender this year all big, strong guys
1: who are good, really good defenders, really good, um, really good offensive players too. You know, I mean, I think in the NBA, it's easy to get distracted by, um, you know, these sort of uh, incredible talents like Russell Westbrook or or Steph Curry and people of that nature who are just, you know, they're like mystifying to watch. But you, you know, so much of what leads to wins in the nba is just consistency and playing the right way and boston is just full of guys that do that you know no one is super flashy but at the same time people who are just gonna you know be great night in and night out uh not really any like streaky players on that team um so i think they've got a real shot at um you know look Obviously, number one in the East. I, I don't, you know, that's a really tall order, but I think they're definitely going to be top three.
0: Hey, this uh, is bold predictions, not pussyfoot exactly. predictions. It's, it's a bold prediction. It's a bold prediction, but I like it.
1: You know, and I think, I, I think this leads into to my bold prediction pretty nicely. Is that I actually believe the Raptors will slide to below the fifth seed Whoa. in the East. Whoa! Uh, if yeah, I think that the Raptors are going to regress this year. I just I I haven't really found them to be a great team in the playoffs. Um, You know, yeah, DeRozan just got paid. Sometimes that can not necessarily be the best thing. There are some examples of players getting huge contracts and you know really not living up to them uh, necessarily or sort of taking taking it a little easy after the fact. Um, I think Jonas Jonas Valanciunas uh, is not hasn't really shown that he's going to improve. Uh, I think you know he really is what he is at this point, and I think uh, he's he's just kind of an unremarkable center um, in a lot of ways, and I think you just need a better person in the middle um, to win, unless you have someone like you know Kevin Durant and Draymond Green uh, filling out your front court or something like that but um you know i just think you you put him up against a lot of big men and he's uh he's just not he's just not that uh impactful on games he did have a couple really good games in the playoffs this year at the same time i'm just not a believer in him um generally and i don't know if they've really uh you know rounded out their roster enough to to start to make waves i think that kind of their window was the last couple years and uh, i'm just feeling like they're gonna slide a little bit and on top of that i just think it's also because the east is Gotten better. Um, You know, you got teams like Boston, you got teams like the Cavs. The Bulls, even, you know, could pose some challenges and I think, you know, be in that contention for those spots. The Pacers, I think, is a team that not many people are talking about, but that are going to be doing really, really well. The Hawks could end up working out well. um, Although, you know, I don't really believe in Dwight Howard either, for that matter, but at the same time, I take him over Valanchunas. So I just think the Raptors are facing a lot more competition in the east this year and i think that their team is going to be really tested um, to see how good it is and you know i'm a fan of dwayne casey generally but i don't think he's a great coach and i think uh that you know the second they start to go up against a lot of these good teams it could sort of expose uh expose them in a lot of ways you know um so that's my bullet prediction is that the raptors slide um significantly and don't crack the top three
0: well, since you're talking about the tough Eastern Conference, I want to bring up something I'm looking forward to. The Central Division battle, which might be the best division in the NBA. You're going to have the Cavs. I don't think there's going to be a bad team in this division. I don't think the Bucks will make the playoffs because uh, Chris Middleton is hurt for the entire season I know everyone's expecting maybe a breakout year from Giannis maybe a breakout year from Jabari Parker but aside from that the Pacers and Bulls I think are going to be two offensively explosive teams they're going to be very competitive the Pacers added Jeff Teague and aside from that they have a lot of good veterans on that team I think
1: and yeah you know uh, and Big Al too Al
0: Al Jefferson isn't the same though he wasn't that great in Charlotte last year but they did lose Frank Vogel, I think that's the concern that that they might not be as tough defensively, but, you know, just running, gunning out, they're going to have a good uh, backcourt rotation with Stuckey and Monte Ellis and Jeff Teague. Uh, Paul George is still one of the best players in the league. Uh, uh, Miles Turner is probably gonna improve a little bit. They also added Thad Young, Yo. which will help them out up front with uh, rebounding and crashing oh, the Oh, I boards. totally
1: agree. I mean, I, I like Thaddeus Young. I always have, but I, I think Miles Turner is uh, like uh, kind of a low key uh, great basketball player. Um, I, I just I don't think enough people talk about how good he is. But he's you know he's skilled you know from top to bottom basically as far as a power forward goes. He's got a great shot. He's energetic. Um, And I think you really can't ask for too much uh, more out of a young uh, bench four, basically, than you get out of Miles Turner. Um, And, you know, I just think that that they're going to have a really solid team. And, you know, with Big Al, too, it's like the Hornets also never really had any kind of, like, cohesion. They were good last year, but I, I believe he was injured for significant portions of the year. And, you know, I still think that Al can make a big difference, especially having players like Teague and Paul George. Um, and Monte Ellis around him to really you know because like you know compare those players to like the perimeter for the Hornets last year you know you got like what Batum uh MKG uh and well they didn't uh, even
0: have MKG last year because he was hurt ex- all year so, but yeah. uh, Marvin Williams and uh they had Walker
1: I'm just saying it's just not nearly as good as as what you know is being provided by the Pacers to surround him and with a big man with his kind of post game, you know, that's really only dangerous if your perimeter is dangerous, too, you know. Um, but because, I felt like
0: that like, was part of the reason why he didn't get as much playing time was because Charlotte went for more skilled big men with Frank Kaminsky and uh, uh, Plumley and uh, Marvin Williams up front, guys who could kind of play the perimeter, set picks a little bit, not just a guy that you can dump it down to the post. Maybe the Pacers will find a better way to use him, but I thought Charlotte mainly limited his use because, one, he's not as good anymore, but, two, he didn't really work for the offense they were going for.
1: I agree. But I think that, you know, the Pacers, um, at least with their lineup, that's what they should be doing is running a more traditional style offense. And I think with what they have, they can be extremely successful doing that. Like that, to me, they're just not a run and gun type team, you know, or at least they shouldn't play that way. I mean, obviously, you got like Teague and Paul George. You're going to see some great fast break points out of those two guys. But at the same time, you know, if you could run pick and rolls with Paul George and uh, Thaddeus Young like all day, like that's going to be nasty, you know. Um, or, or you know just even having like having Paul Jordan on the wing and Jeff Teague on the wing both guys that can make threes you know that's going to open up space for big Al I think uh in a, in significant ways so you know look I think the Pacers can crack the top 3 and I think I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with you know in the east for sure
0: I got to apologize I made an error I uh confused my Zellers with my Plumleys getting all my skilled <laughs> big white men mixed up speaking of which let's talk <laughs> about the alike. Bulls for a second your sure. team the Chicago Bulls I think they're going to be better this year, and I think they're going to be interesting. They seem to be going for an inverted offense from what has traditionally been played for the last 25 years, which has been one to two big men that can play the post and then three guards that play the perimeter. Now their best post player is Dwayne Wade, and they have skilled shooters who are the big men with Nikola Miritich and Doug McDermott. And and uh, they just got Michael Carter-Williams, which I think was a really good pickup. And their, their basketball IQ is going to be off the roof between Rondo Wade and Jimmy Butler. They're always yes. going to have a creator on the floor. And I I know everyone's concerned about their shooting from their backcourt because they don't really have any dead shooters besides maybe Jimmy Butler, who I think is a pretty good shooter. Dwayne Wade has improved over the years, though, but I've been watching them in the preseason. Their passing is off the charts, and I think they're going to be pretty good offensively. (laughs) I think they'll be inconsistent on defense because while Robin Lopez is a pretty good rim protector... Uh, Wade and Rondo aren't the defenders they used to be. So I don't know if they'll be able to bring it on a night-to-night basis. But already in the preseason, they're scoring a lot of points. And I think them and the Pacers are just going to score a lot of points this season. Yeah,
1: one another point, too, about the Bulls um, with their big men. You know, between Taj Gibson and Robin Lopez are also really great mid-range shooters yeah you know they're not they're not going to give you any, like anything off the three-point line but at the same time when you're driving and kicking having a big man you can hit like that you know that that 15 foot jumper is uh is very devastating So I actually got to see the Bulls play in preseason and uh, I mean you're right like the passing is just insane that you're seeing you know between Dwayne Wade and on Rondo you know like those two guys they really find open players um, no problem and you know it's like it's one of those things where yeah like shooting is obviously extremely important but at the same time you know if you give NBA players open shots regardless of who they are you know they're generally going to make them. You know, um, so it's like you don't necessarily need like a Steph Curry who's going to like do some crazy like behind the back dribbles and get free and like drill like, you know, a, a three pointer from five feet beyond the arc or whatever. You know, you don't really need that uh, with NBA caliber players. Um, and again, like I keep my real, my expectations super realistic about the Bulls. Like I don't think we're going to be the best team in the East. I don't think we're going to be championship contenders necessarily. And neither does Blaine Wade. But I think, like, and all I really want out of the Bulls is I want them to be a really tough matchup every night for whoever they play and i think the direction that they're going in it's going to confuse a lot of teams it's going to be really tough to defend against um you know michael carter williams coming off the bench i think he's super solid as a bench player um you know between his size and just general skill so you know i think uh, i think that's what we're going to be we're going to be a really really tough matchup for any team on any given night and that's what the bulls have kind of always been for the last like you know 6 years basically and that's why i think we did so bad last year is cuz we kind of lost that identity of just being like, you know, maybe we're not the prettiest team to watch. Maybe we're not going to, you know, score crazy points or whatever. But at the same time, like every time you play the Bulls, it's going to be kind of a headache. Um, So I I feel like the roster moves are getting back to that.
0: Well, I feel like just getting rid of Rose and Noah and Thibodeau, you finally move on from that era and you bring in guys like Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo, guys who have been there before, can kind of change the culture a bit and hand the reins over. It looks like they're already building a nice core of players between Denzel Valentine and Bobby Portis and Jimmy Mm. Butler you're building a nice core of hardworking guys who are going to play really well together who are going to build the culture there and that's I think ultimately the future of the Bulls along with Doug McDermott and Nikola Mirotic so I think I like what the Bulls are doing you're moving on from the past and you're building something new and yeah you're right you're not going to contend for titles this year but you're building for the long term not for 2016 or 2017.
1: Well, absolutely, you know, and it's, it's, it's a it's a team that the city can, I think, be proud of. And, you know, like I said, the leadership abilities of players like Rondo and Dwayne Wade and what that's going to pass on to the rest of the team, including the coach. I think, uh, you know, this is this is going to be one of those things that uh, is going to definitely pay dividends in the long run for our team. So I'm happy about the Bulls, man. I can't really complain too much. You know, it's fine. The Warriors, the Warriors and the Cavs and the Spurs are around. You know, it's not like, who cares, you know? <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're right. Uh, I want to make another bold prediction right now, though. The Knicks will not make the playoffs this year. Is that, is that a bold prediction? <laughs> well, what do you think about the Knicks? <laughs> I mean, we were happy when they got Noah and Rose, and we thought that they might make them a playoff contender. But now that I'm looking at the pieces, all of the off-court drama going on with Derrick Rose right now, I don't know if Porzingis is going to be ready yet. I think he'll be a good player. But you look at guys like Drummond and Anthony Davis, they weren't really spectacular in their second years. They were good, but they weren't like ready to take on the reins of a team. Uh, yeah. Brandon Jennings, I think is, he's already becoming a fan favorite at MSG. They got a chant going for him in one of the preseason games, Brandon Jennings. And I think he's going to try to challenge Rose for minutes. And I don't know if Jeff Hornacek is the answer for coach. I don't know how good if uh, Melo will be able to keep up his superstar abilities. I, I just don't trust this Knicks team and they're not really that deep. Uh, and the East is really strong this year, and there's a lot of hype about the Knicks, but I think it's going to be another disappointing season, and uh, we'll see what happens with them.
1: No, you know what? I mean, ultimately, I agree with you, um, just because there are just so many question marks around that team. You know, the only really positive thing that I've seen is that Joakim Noah looks like he's— Back in fine form, uh, you know, which I just love, Joakim Noah. So I'm just happy to see that. But um, yeah, you know, with with the general competition in the East, they're gonna have a hard time uh, sneaking into the playoffs. And you know, especially if they're gonna continue using the triangle and having a lot of players having to get used to that, um, you know, the, it's it's definitely an uphill battle for the Knicks this year. And I think you know, look, it, it's gonna a lot of it's gonna depend on I think Carmelo and Derrick Rose ultimately. You know, if, like, if Derek can play, like, 70% of what he was, and if Melo can at least, like, you know, be a real leader and get them points when they really need it, you know, then then maybe. But at the same time, both those players have really kind of, you know, shown that they're not necessarily up to that task anymore, you know? Um and again like I love Porzingis but I'm with you you know it's who's to say how good he's going to be this year um you know teams have had to look at him for a whole year they're probably going to defend him a lot better so you know it like who knows I mean, you know Porzingis surprised everybody last year too everyone kind of wrote him off before he was in the season so who knows maybe he's going to come in and start just swinging for the fences and, and really killing it but yeah, I think there's uh, you know, there's a lot of question marks with the Knicks, and it uh, definitely remains to be seen uh, what they will do.
0: Well, think about it this way. Take last year's Bulls team that didn't make the playoffs, swap Jimmy Butler for Carmelo Anthony, and swap the other eight players for Kristaps Porzingis, and that's the team you have. Is that team making the playoffs?
1: Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I think that's a, that's a fair one.
0: Another thing I'm looking forward to, though, is the scoring duel between James Harden and Russell Westbrook. I think this is going to be reminiscent of T-Mac and Allen Iverson going for the scoring title in the early 2000s. Yes. and Because they're both kind of lone stars on teams that don't really have great supporting casts, Westbrook's supporting cast is pretty good. But I think between those two guys and Durant, if those three guys are the top three scorers in the NBA, it's going to be a lot of discussion of what could have been in Oklahoma City.
1: Right. Of course. But, I mean, you know, such is is life in basketball. But, you know, I suppose this kind of leads into my my next bold prediction, which is that Paul George will win the MVP of the league this
0: year. I think
1: think it's a bold prediction, you know. And, look, I'm still inclined – I still give Westbrook a lot of edge in this one. I think Westbrook is definitely, like, the number one contender for it. But look, Paul George has got a team behind him right now that's going to open things up for him tremendously. He, you know, he's got... um an agenda this year to prove that how good he is and prove that he's one of the greatest players in the NBA, which he clearly is, you know, and I think, I think the Pacers are going to have a lot of, you know, fire inside them basically this year. And I think he's going to be the tip of that spear. Um, So I think Paul George, you know, he could end up averaging around, you know, 25, 27 points a game, I think pretty easily. Uh, And his defense is amazing as well. He's been one of the best defenders in the NBA the last five years, um, he's he's like a quiet Leonard-level defense in his own right. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, but combining that with his impressive scoring abilities, who knows, you know, w- with an injury like his, his three-point shooting could be way improved um, coming into this year as well. And, you know, you, you put all that together and you're looking at a really nasty player um, with his size. So I think that he's got a great shot at getting the MVP this year. I think he desperately wants it. And I think uh, it's going to be between him and Westbrook um, really
0: so. I feel like the Pacers are going to have to win the Central Division or be a top three team in the East for him to qualify for that. Because I think he'll he, he'll definitely be in the conversation, but for him to win it, he'll have to be really impressive, and his team will have to be like you couldn't like you can't be a the Pacers can't be a sixth seed, and then people vote Paul George for MVP. So that's it. That's a bold prediction. Um, yeah,
1: but I mean, do you feel like that? Like I feel like I feel like Westbrook could still get it, even if like the Thunder were like the eighth seed. Oh yeah. You know, just because people want him to get it, basically. But, you know, I mean, look, dude, the de- the defense, I think, is the big thing. Like, I think, you know, if, like, he's going to shut people down the whole year. And Westbrook's a very good defender. But at the same time, like, you know, I don't think he holds a candle to someone like a Paul George or a, a Kawhi Leonard, you know. So
0: we'll see. We keep talking about defense. Another thing I'm looking forward to is the Orlando Magics defense. (laughs) Not sure if it's going to be good enough to get them to the playoffs, looking at the landscape of the Eastern Conference, and they don't really have much going for them on offense yet. Uh, They don't really have much shooting, uh, but they just got Frank Vogel, who's a defensive-minded coach. They got Bismack Biombo. They already have Vucevic uh, starting at center. They added Serge Ibaka. Alfred Payton is supposed to be a pretty good defender, And he was just a rookie last year. Maybe he'll improve on that on his game this season. Who knows what I think the one hole is you got Aaron Gordon playing small forward. I'm not sure how many wing players he'll be able to guard on the perimeter. But I think the Orlando Magic has the potential to be a devastating defensive team. So I and I love good defense. That's why I like the Grizzlies. That's why I root for the Spurs. The problem is is I don't think Biombo's been playing in the preseason and they've been giving up a lot of points. So they don't look good so far, but that's really the only way they'll be able to win games is if they shut teams down.
1: I agree. But, you know, I'm not necessarily sold on this one, Kirk. I, I, I'm going to need a little time with the magic before I agree with you on this, just because, look, while I love, you know, Ibaka and Biombo on defense, I do think Ibaka's defense has regressed a bit in the last few years you know he he used to be known as one of the best defenders in the nba the best shot blocker in the nba and you, you just don't really hear that being talked about that much anymore and he's always he seems like he's a little more concerned with his offensive game than he is with his defensive game and i'm just you know and biombo has shown moments of brilliance but at the same time is also sort of an inconsistent player i think as well which is kind of why he's been relegated to the bench um his whole career really and, uh, you know, Vucevic is a fine defender, not a great defender. So I don't know. I mean, do I think they're going to be an elite level defense? Probably not. Like they're not going to be on the Spurs level, you know, or even the Warriors level for that matter. Like, I, whoa, I, I just whoa, think whoa. It's they
0: be- have like three more rim protectors than the Warriors do. Come on now.
1: Look, I I know, but like rim, to rim, rim protection isn't everything with defense, you know. Like it's not. Like like defense is about being smart and about positioning. And like Frank you know, Vogel
0: will teach them the way. You're right. You're
1: right. Look, I love Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying. Like Zaza's not a bad defensive center. He's definitely not a shot blocker, but at the same time, he will protect the rim. You know, if 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 someone gets close, he'll just foul them. Just push him to the ground. That's what he does. And Draymond Green is one of the best defenders in the NBA. Clay Clay Thompson is one of the best defenders. I think Kevin Durant is an underrated defender. Oh, Um, yeah. And so is Steph Curry, for that matter. Steph Curry is rock solid on defense. He's just not very big, you know? So that's, like, kind of where you lose it. But but he's good at defense, you know? He knows where to be.
0: By the way, I want to make a rule on this podcast because there's going to be no shortage of discussion on the Golden State Warriors this season, so I want to have a like a a jar, like kind of like a swear jar, but every time you talk about the Warriors, you have to like <laughs> dump money into it. By the way, okay, before we enforce this rule, how many games do you think the Warriors are going to win this year? Because someone at CBS Sports said they were going to win seventy four games.
1: Nah, nah, nah. I'm going to go with like sixty eight. I'm going to go with sixty eight. You know, they're going to take a little while to get going uh, out the gates. I think, uh, you know, they're going to be a little tired from going so deep in the playoffs last year, maybe take it a little easier. Um, I just don't think that they're as concerned with winning regular season games, you know? It's like, look, I mean, you you know, the Heat, when they were like the Heatles or whatever, they didn't didn't have like the best regular season records and stuff like that. Like the Cavs didn't have the best regular season records. It's just like you know, you don't need such a good regular season record, uh, to do well. And I think they understand that Steve Kerr certainly understands that. And, you know, I think they, they're they definitely going to phone some in this year. I think, uh, especially considering that they set the record already. Like who, who cares if they re-break their own record? It's like, you know, <laughs> so. Well, not to mention, like. On- a lot of
0: games though, but you know, like. When they play like these back to backs or you know 3 and 4 nights or whatever they don't really have a strong bench like they used to. They still have Livingston but yeah. and they'll always have one of the one of the top 3 players on the floor at all times between Curry and Durant. So they should be able to win those games anyway, but there will be nights where they just they're just tired and they don't have the bench support, and I think they're just going to lose games that you don't expect them to lose. I don't. I mean, they'll probably still have the best record in the NBA, but it's not going to be seventy four wins.
1: No, I don't think so either. You uh, look. I mean, this is a team that's built for championships, and I think that's going to be the main focus this year. So I don't. The like seventy four just seems absurd to me.
0: Another bold prediction.
1: You ready yeah, for in. this?
0: Lay it on me. The Sacramento Kings will make the playoffs. That is, that's not a bold prediction. That's a dumb prediction. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. I went back and I, I really lost sleep over this prediction. Who is going to make the eighth spot in the West? Because right now I have the Warriors, Spurs, Clippers, Grizzlies, Thunder, Mavericks, and Timberwolves. Fair that enough. eighth spot is just wide open. With the Blazers, and I read that piece that Zach Lowe wrote the other day. He predicted that the the Blazers were probably going to have to make some trades because they can't afford their team this season and they don't like paying the luxury tax. Sure. But who else can you put in that spot? I mean, the Lakers aren't going to be good enough. Uh, The Jazz. The Jazz are another popular team. They're going to be banged up to start the season. Uh, Who knows if they'll be able to keep it consistent. What I like about the Kings, though, is is they added Aaron Aflalo, they added Matt Barnes. So they actually have better perimeter players this year, a lot better than what they've had in the previous years. And they also added Ty Lawson, and he seemed to be getting along well with DeMarcus Cousins. He also hired Dave Yeager. But I've been reading the past couple of days, like Ty, Ty Lawson just didn't show up to a preseason game, and he's already being... a. A locker room nightmare and Dude, uh,
1: no that's this is what i'm saying man you had like you got ty lawson darren collison has also had some pretty big off the court issues as well i believe regarding like like domestic abuse oh you got uh demarcus cousins and matt barnes and on top of that you know with vada divots uh, like you know running the team it's like this is, a, this is some of the most psychotic personalities in the nba like assembling into one squad you know, I mean, maybe it'll work. they will be like the bad news bears of the NBA, Yeah, idea, you know, but my inclination is no, like, you know, like, I mean, the Ty-, Ty Lawson hasn't worked out anywhere recently. You know, he's been completely awful. He should be out of the NBA as far as I'm concerned um, to get his mind right and to take care of his life. And, you know, Matt Barnes, I, lo- I love Matt Barnes. He's not the player he was. You know he's he's definitely sli- sli- I think you know on the tail end of his career he's not a you know he, he's really not like a starting caliber player to me really in a lot of ways and you know Demarcus is also kind of not really put it together any year I think Demarcus desperately needs a change of scenery and I think um, he's not going to get it this year so I don't know man like I'm much more inclined to give the Jazz the edge on that eighth seed than I am the Kings uh, just because the Jazz looked good last year they I really like the Jazz. Player. Like, well, who's injured on them? Who's not going to be playing? Derek
0: Favors is hurt. Gordon Hayward is going to be out for like the first month. Rodney Hood is hurt. Uh, and they did add George Hill. He's going to be huge. And they also had a yeah. Joe Johnson. I love the Joe Johnson pickup. Underrated. I just, you know, you start off with three injuries to start the season And if one of those guys is hurt for an extended period of time, if it becomes a recurring injury, they might have trouble. But I also like Derek Favors. He was pretty good last year. So I I ultimately think the Jazz will make that eighth playoff spot. But hey, had to make a bold prediction. Why not make a fun (laughs) one and say the Kings are going to
1: make it? I agree. I agree. Yeah, you know, I look, it's, it's a fun prediction to make. And I think there's some merit to it. But at the same time, the Kings have just been like the team that lets everyone down for a, a very long time now. And it's it's not because of their basketball talent. You know, they've had really talented teams. It's just that, team. you know, that organization is just not in a good place. And they need to change it up. They need to trade DeMarcus. They need to trade
0: him to the Bulls and trade him to the... That's the thing is I feel like they need to be proactive on trading DeMarcus if it's not working out this year because sooner or later, he's going to be like, all right, trade me, I want to trade. And then his trade value will be in the garbage can and you won't be able to get much for him. Whereas his trade value is still pretty high right now. You could probably get multiple first round picks, maybe a borderline all-star caliber player in return for him right now. But if you wait too long... And he demands a trade, a la Carmelo Anthony. I mean, you're just going to get some spare parts and maybe a a crappy non-lottery pick.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, so I don't know what's going to happen with DeMarcus Cousins. I'd be very surprised if he's in Sacramento at the end of the year. Um, Is that a bold prediction?
0: Is is DeMarcus getting traded?
1: I'll make that my bold prediction. I think DeMarcus Cousins is getting traded this year. Um, To whom i don't know that yet but all i know is that there's a lot of teams that would be very interested in him that could provide him a lot the bulls being one of them and um you know like my thing is i want the bulls to either get blake griffin or demarcus cousins i feel like one of those two guys would like put our team kind of over the edge in a lot of ways so and i think there's ways to make that happen given the situations of those two teams um basically but i do think you know and also i'm kind of inclined to say that like you know one of the big three in la gets traded this year too i think that they're gonna lose either cp3 or chris paul i mean or uh blake griffin or deandre at some point you know although who knows doc rivers has been like you know the fucking alamo of the nba basically like just refusing to like to like give up on this team which look i mean maybe maybe he shouldn't give up it's an amazingly assembled team you know as far as those three guys go but they've never really been able to do much but you know blake's coming back off that injury really had a horrible season last year that was kind of a non-season i think he's pretty much on thin ice with the clippers uh, probably more than they're letting on
0: when you said so big I, three in la i immediately thought the lakers i'm like who the hell is he talking about <laughs>
1: yeah dude d'angelo russell <laughs> jordan clarkson and brandon ingram Come
0: yeah on. <laughs> <laughs> one of those guys getting traded
1: yeah and you know i, I mean i like and you know this isn't necessarily going to be a bold prediction but i do i do think the lakers are going to be a lot better than uh people are giving them credit for uh you know maybe maybe not this year but give them a, like a you know, another, another couple years i think that team is looking pretty good i just like i like julius randall i like ingram i like russell i like uh clarkson you know i think that they're all solid uh young players that you can definitely build a team around um i so, love that the know.
0: westbrook window shut on them this summer when he when he got extended <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, Lakers you know, fans were like, oh, we'll get we'll get Russell Westbrook. He's coming to L.A. Nope.
1: Nope. Well, yeah, I thought both Durant and Westbrook were going to go to L.A., but, you know, what can you do? I guess, uh, you know, Silicon Valley is kind of like the new Hollywood, <laughs> you know, in terms of the allure of the riches and all that stuff like that going on. But, uh, you know, we'll see. R.I.P. Lakers, but they've I think they've done a, a decent job rebuilding their team a lot better than people give them credit for.
0: Another thing I'm looking forward to is the Northeast Division. No real contending teams in that division, but a lot of interesting teams. I don't think any of those teams are really going to be bad. You got the Timberwolves who are have a lot of hype this season with Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins and Tom Thibodeau. And now you got the yep. Jazz, a lot of hype about the Jazz. The Blazers were surprisingly good last year. They should still be good this year if they can keep that team intact. And then yes. you got the Thunder. They're going to be interesting. New new saga for the Thunder after moving on from Durant and adding Oladipo and Sabonis and those guys. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, and I think and the Nuggets. The Nuggets are interesting too definitely they got Moutier they got a lot of good role players and uh I I still like Wilson Chandler he'll be back this year Gallinari's underrated they have a strong young front court with Farid Jokic and Nurkic solid backcourt young backcourt rotation it'll be interesting I'm not sure if they'll make the playoffs but uh I don't think they're gonna be a pushover either
1: no the the Nuggets team that can that could beat some good teams I think just I mean I, I really like their front court a lot you know uh the Nurkic and Jurkic are really good. <laughs> Both of them are really good. And, you know, Farid is such a, 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 you know, an enigma, basically. He's just such an explosive player that can really do a lot of interesting things on the basketball court. And, yeah, I mean, I'm with you, dude. I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Danil and Wilson Chandler. I always have been. Uh, and, you know, I think Flint that— baby. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm about the Nuggets. Uh, don't know how well they're going to do, but I think they're going to, you know, be a challenging team uh, to play. As opposed to like the Brooklyn Nets, <laughs> which are not a challenging team, which is not a challenging team.
0: And then I just want to mention another thing I'm looking forward to is the revenge of the Grizzlies. I think they're going to be better this year. I think they're going to be back in business. Not sure if Chandler Parsons will be healthy all year, but I think all they really need is Gasol and Conley to be healthy. I think the rest of those guys on that team are tough, and uh, they'll find a way to make the playoffs.
1: Who's their starting two guy?
0: Do you know Tony Allen?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a good lineup, you know, but it's the same lineup. It's been forever, kind of, you know. like <laughs> Vince Carter,
0: baby. Vince Sanity is now the veteran role player that everybody wants. Okay, here's my other bold prediction. Now, my,
1: my fourth bold prediction of this episode is that Vince Carter will win the 2017 dunk contest.
0: <laughs>
1: <Is it laughs> you wait. You wait. I, you heard it here. At first he's I he's th- thinking about doing it.
0: I thought you were gonna go the sixth man of the year route, but then you uh, jumped the shark, figuratively <laughs> and literally. He's, he's gonna, gonna jump over a shark to win the dunk contest. He could do it.
1: He definitely could, man. Vince is still spry. Look, best, best, best alley oop I've ever seen in NBA 2K was with Vince Carter. <laughs> His old ass, you know, he still got it. Trust me. At least in video game world, he does. Um, so yeah, you can put it on wax right now. Vince Carter's winning the dunk contest. <laughs>
0: Alright, I want to go to my East playoff predictions right now. Uh in this order, Celtics, Cavs, Raptors, although you might have talked me into lowering them. The Hawks. I think the Hawks might be good if Dennis Schroeder emerges as a solid point guard. I, I trust Budenholzer to get them in line. The Bulls. I wanted to put the Pistons as the seventh seed, but uh-huh. I put the Cavs as the two seed and the thought of them playing in the first round for the <laughs> them losing they you know the last they did well. Last year, the pit. The last four times the Pistons have made the playoffs, three of the they've been eliminated by the Cavs. Three of those times, so I'm tired of the Pistons playing the Cavs in the playoffs. So I just put them at number six for that reason. But then I have the Hornets and the Pacers to round it out. Uh, but that that the three through eight is so dynamic, you could really rearrange it in any order, and I wouldn't be surprised. I do want to talk about the Pistons though, because they are my team. Fair enough. Reggie Jackson's probably – I'm thinking about worst-case scenario because I like to think in those kind of terms because then if it's better than the worst-case scenario, it's like a little treat, you know? It's like when you fill out your taxes, you you just go in with the mentality that you're automatically going to owe taxes because then when you get money back, it's like, holy crap, I didn't expect this, more money. (laughs) Reggie Jackson's going to miss the first 20 games of the season. I looked at the schedule, and I counted 10 – games that they'll probably lose. Uh And out of the 10 games that are winnable, there'll probably be like three to five, 50, 50. So they could conceivably start off six and 14, seven and 13. If they play 15, 32 ball after that, they'll finish with 46 or 47 wins. So I think they'll make the playoffs, but judging by the preseason, KCP's not had a great preseason. He's been very streaky and it looks like he may have peaked on offense. And it looks like he might just be a more glorified Tony Allen, which isn't a bad thing. But uh, I think a lot of Pistons fans were hoping maybe he could have a breakout year like Jimmy Butler, or maybe emerge into like a a poor man's rip Hamilton ain't going to happen. KCP is what he is. Aside from that, I think John Luer looks good in the preseason. He's been making a lot of threes as I expected. Uh, Ish Smith has been very streaky, but again, he's a backup guard. He's not meant to start. Um, And it just sucks that we have to miss Reggie Jackson for an extended period of time. He's getting that plasma injection into his knees, kind of similar to what Kobe got. So I'm more concerned with the long term with Reggie Jackson. Uh, I hope that his knees aren't a recurring injury and an issue that they'll have to deal with. But aside from that, I really like what I see so far. Tobias Harris has looked good. I haven't seen much from Stanley Johnson. Stanley Sam Van Gundy has been playing him that much, and I really want to see more from him because I think the future of the team lies on his shoulders. And it's crazy because last year I followed Stanley Johnson on Instagram, and he was all huh. hard work, and I'm ready for the season. And this offseason, it's like it seems like he's having too much fun. He's going to Central Michigan football games and. Listen, I went to Central Michigan University. You don't go to Central Michigan University just to watch a football game. You go there to drink and drink and hang out with people. And uh, he's only 19 years old. So I, I really don't know what to expect from Stanley Johnson. I hope I'm not reading too much into that. But I think the Pistons will make the playoffs. Stan Van Gundy's too good of a coach to let them fall out of the. What do you think about the Pistons?
1: I think that the look the Pistons are definitely going to make the playoffs in in my estimation. I mean they made, they made it last year and I think the you look the the Reggie Jackson entry is is devastating in a lot of ways. But I mean how long is he out again? I'm sorry if I missed that.
0: Uh he's expected to return I think November 25th. So that's not terrible. No. You know, that's
1: manageable, um, I think, in the East and everything like that. I mean, look, if Ish Smith is your starting point guard, Ugh. I'm not. Yeah, you know, like that's definitely not a good thing. <laughs>
0: um, you know, Ray McCallum's uh, your backup point guard. Yeah, but again,
1: like my big thing I've always had with the Pistons is that you got to believe in Stan, man. Like oh, yeah. Stan, if anyone can get uh, the most out of this team, it's going to be him. He picked all the players. He knows how to use them properly. Um, I think – and I think what really makes the Pistons interesting um, is they're kind of their their forwards basically. You know, with like Lure and Harris and – Marcus Morris. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of like really good, like kind of decently sized but kind of also, you know, they're on the smaller end so they're actually quite nimble and stuff like that. They're kind of like three-fours kind of guys, um, you know. So I think – that kind of makes them a little bit of a wild card for a lot of teams, because um, often I feel like there's going to be at least one player on the court um, for the Pistons. It's going to be very difficult to, to guard, you know, for either that small forward or power forward position. Yeah. Um, so I think that's good. Uh, and then you know, and also Drummond continues to get better and better. Um, so I think you know it's going to be a lot of living and dying by Drummond um, at the end of the day, and his defense and his rebounding um, and his
0: free throws. And,
1: and his free throws, but at the same time, and his post moves were looking pretty good last year. So I think you know they got to feed they got to feed him the ball in the post, uh, and get him going. You know, if you can get like 15 points out of him a night, uh, I feel like the Pistons will be in a good position to win most games. Um, so yeah, I think just between the coaching uh, and that the interesting sort of front court players, uh, they've definitely got it. They're go- they're going to make the playoffs, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, I've got them slotted at in seventh right now
0: uh, in my. In my little list, God, if they have to play the fucking Cavs in the playoffs again, I'm gonna pull my brains out. Well, I I have the Cavs at number one, so you know. (laughs) Who do you have as number two? The Celtics. I
1: I got Cavs, Celtics, Pacers, Hawks, Raptors, Bulls, Pistons, Knicks. Knicks throwing the Knicks in there, man. All right, I'm uh, I'm down on Charlotte,
0: but again. Back to Reggie Jackson, though, this was a one of their weak points last year. They only had one guy that could create shots, one and a half, because Andre Drummond can create shots. He's just easy to neutralize when the Pistons are in the penalty. and Eddie, Which is why they should change the rule. <laughs> no, Andre should learn how to make his fucking free throws. Uh, get, get get, Rick Barry dude I, I keep right oh my god I keep getting into <laughs> debates on the Pistons subreddit everyone's saying, oh it's all mental the the, the 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 process doesn't matter you'd still I'm like no I practiced that shot it's a softer touch it's a more efficient shot and if it's mental try anything to make the shot go in because Andre once again you're losing 50 million dollars by not averaging 20 plus per game okay
1: hundred percent, you know, and, but like, it's, it's, I, it just makes sense. I don't know why I wouldn't do it. You know, like you only a, a need child, to, a child can make a free throw that way.
0: Only need to make 60% of your free throws because mathematically that's enough to discourage teams from just sending you to the line by default. Because you if yeah. you're, if you're shooting under 60% from the field, you're going to score less points per possession than you would shooting 60% at the free throw line. That That's just a mathematical fact.
1: Yes well yeah and you know he's in the same boat with like someone like DeAndre it's like if he made 60% of his free throws he would be way more respected than he is in the NBA it just completely changes like the dynamic of what his game is and yeah I mean I just don't know why not, they just you know call Rick Barry that's, that's all you gotta do you know
0: <laughs> there's there's a YouTube video of him ranting about this in an interview. He's like, yeah, no. Every time I try to give someone advice, they say, oh, we already tried that. He's like, oh, really? Did you? Did you try the the release and everything? Because I I doubt you guys taught taught him the right way.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they didn't. You know, but yeah, you got all that spin. You got this soft.
0: You know, it's uh, it's definitely the way to go. I need to I make a top. YouTube video of me just demonstrating. I, or maybe I should, like, find, like, 10 people who don't play basketball, teach them how to do the free throws, and then see how often they make it.
1: Here's what you should do. You should find a bunch of people, make them wear, like, gloves that make their hands, like, the size of, like, DeAndre Jordan's or, like, Andre <laughs> Jordan's and see if they can make free throws normally and then see if it's easier to do it with the Rick Barry style thing. And I think you'll have proven your argument pretty, pretty soundly because uh, – it's just – it's clearly an easier way to do it, you know, if you have all the time in the world. Anyways,
0: Good. Ben, do you have any, th- any other thoughts before the season starts? No, man.
1: No thoughts. Uh, you know, I'm just uh, just excited, man. I- I'm-, I'm really pumped for the Bulls. I'm a- really pumped. To- I'm really excited about the East, you know. Like, that's kind of what it is. I think that's where all the really interesting teams are. Um, although, I do think that the Spurs are going to win the finals this year. That's what? My... Is that another yeah. bold prediction? I don't know if it's bold. I actually think it's I, I think it's a very reasonable prediction. Um just because, you know, you've got Lamarcus Aldridge and Paul Gasol. And so that's the easily the best ben, front court in the NBA. You're, you're, you
0: didn't even mention their best player, who is Koli Leonard. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So My got, favorite like, non piston
1: the best defender who's also a superstar finals MVP, and you got tony parker who's like one of the best point guards hall of fame point guard plus danny green who's proven to be a very solid shooting guard you know and has set in rec- set records in the playoffs um for three-point shooting so you know i just think between them like it's it's theirs to lose as far as i'm concerned best um, coach and I in think- history too yeah, and the, the, if there's a team that matches up well with the Cavs or the Warriors, it's the Spurs, man. Like you know, I don't see how those those guys can really match up with Lamarcus and Pau Gasol down low. It just doesn't really add up, uh, and I think I think they'll dominate people uh, down low. There's just no question.
0: Zach Lowe wrote that. They're going, they're kind of downgrading from Duncan to Gasol on defense. And I and I thought that was kind of disrespectful because I thought Gasol improved his defense the last couple seasons. And you would probably be able to attest to that being a Bulls fan. But whenever I watched him, he was a pretty good defender. He got a lot better at protecting the rim. But aside from that, I mean, Duncan was only playing, what, like 20, 15, 20 minutes a game last year? I think the chemistry issue might hurt them because he's been the so big in their locker room and just such a big part of their offense even he's still there yeah he's
1: still there dude like it's not it's not like he went away duncan is a part of the spurs you know like he's i think he's gonna be visiting with the team frequently if not like sort of coaching them you know so i'm not worried about any of that stuff and also like you know Pogasaw is a two-time champion
0: he still has it
1: of course. He's a he's a fantastic basketball player. I mean, people always talk about his defense. Like, I agree he's not, like, an amazing defender. At the same time, he is a good rim protector, and he's a fantastic rebounder. And rebounding's an underrated part of defense. So, but between him and LaMarcus, ain't nobody getting offensive rebounds. You know what I'm saying? No. Like, over those two dudes. Like, you know, so... And it's Kawhi. Just, of course. So, like, that's what I'm saying. Is You know, you have to, like, think about just how imposing... Those two players are how skilled they are. Both of them can make threes. Both of them are deadly mid-range shooters. Both of them are deadly pick-and-roll players. Both of them are fantastic rebounders and good defenders. Basketball and, IQ yeah, too. Basketball is two of the smartest players in the league. You know, and then and then on top of that, you got Kawhi Leonard.
0: <laughs> <You know>?
1: Yeah. <laughs> like not even talking about Kawhi Leonard. Um, so I just think that the Spurs are looking really good. Um, And I think that they've got a fantastic shot at winning the finals. And I think they match up super well with the Cavs and the Warriors. So
0: we'll see. We'll see. I like it.
1: Shut down LeBron. Kawhi can shut down Kevin Durant. No problem.
0: I love it. I love it. Anyways, thanks for listening to the hardwood podcast. Listen to us all season here on SoundCloud for Ben Levine. I'm Kirk Wilcox. See you next time. Boom shakalaka.